Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are are here for the first time we just want to welcome you we thank you for being here we invite you for father's day uh, service we ask you to come invite all your dads granddads everyone or those who are like your fathers and uh, we're gonna have just a beautiful um, amazing and, and, and yet powerful service on father's day can I get an amen, amen. Um, as we get into the word today I want to go ahead and pray for the word and I also want to pray there's so many things to pray for, but because it's, it's new, it's happening, uh, there's a, and it's in our backyard, we want to pray for what's happened in Orlando. I think it's the right thing to do. We want to pray for, there's over 20 or 20 dead right now, and there's families hurting. They're 25, 50. Wow. Um, and these are souls that in um, a split second went to eternity. And eternity is real to these souls today. Um, hell is real. And heaven is real. And um, we just pray, man. We pray for these families. So I'm going to ask you just to join me as we just um, come before the Lord with boldness. Lord, we come before your throne and we do thank you, Lord, for worship. We thank you for life. Uh, thank you for what just happened here, just having, being able to celebrate and Addie's birthday is on Tuesday, and Rudy's was yesterday. Thank you for them. Yadi's is coming up. Thank you for her. Amazing people here that were celebrating their birthdays. Mine on Friday, my father's today. But yet, Lord, even in the midst of celebrating life, Lord God, we see things like what happened last night or early this morning in Orlando, Lord. And, Lord, we know that there was a lot of darkness in everything that was involved in yesterday, in every aspect of it. But I know that there's a God that reigns. I know that there are families that are grieving, that are confused, that are asking questions why. But I know that there's a God that says, I am here, I am present, and I am all-powerful right now in this situation. And I pray that you would make yourself, Lord God, known to these families, to these friends, to these people. That people would repent, that have to repent, would turn to you, that would have to turn to you and trust in you, that have to trust in you. So be glorified even in this dark time, Lord God. We're living in a dark world. And Lord, I know you're calling us to be light. When it gets darker, we've taught this here, Lord. We shine brighter. And we praise you for that light that shines in us, Lord. And Lord, as we get into this message, as we, it's actually a second part of a message that we've already shared, that you would just move in a powerful way in our hearts. That you would bring a change, transformation, Lord, through this word. That you would bring newness. And that you would do something powerful deep within each and every one of us, Lord. We praise you and it's in Jesus Christ we pray together. We say, Amen. If you're taking notes, um, you could go ahead and write this down. Today's message is one that is similar to one that I preached a few weeks ago, weeks ago. And it's titled, Jump in the Water, Part 2. Jump in the Water, Part 2. And I'm going to continue on the same road that we've been traveling on. I'm not going to get off this road. We've been on it now for about two months. We've been talking about presence, 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 presence in this church. 
We've come on Wednesdays here. We've had moments and discussions here. And God's presence has, has just truly, truly, truly been with us um, in a special way here and in a special way personally within many of our lives. And if you remember this message that I shared weeks ago on presence entitled Jump in the Water and us discussing almost every time that you've been here and I've spoken about presence, I believe that the Lord is, is making it obvious and I believe that he is speaking to us here at this church to be a people of presence. How many of you could say amen? A people of presence. Not just knowledge, not just what you know, but who you know. Amen? But who you know as well. We want to be a people like the disciples, that the people saw them, the religious leaders saw them, and they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Do you remember that? Men who had been with Jesus. A people that understand, like we shared a few weeks ago, that it doesn't work outside of God's presence. Things work in his presence. And that's what we've been discussing here. That's what we want to continue here and that's what I pray you get encouraged with as we just keep flowing in this. You know, I know as weeks pass, sometimes we forget. And in case you forgot, I want to remind you what happened with Moses. He's on top of Mount Sinai. And how many of you remember the, what the Lord called himself to Moses? Anyone here want to just, sh just shoot it out and say, I remember. And just say the word. Anyone remember? Or the phrase? Someone said it? The existing what? Oh, you guys get an F today, man. All of you. What's going on with you guys? It's my birthday weekend. Celebrate with me. Get some answers right. The existing one. He tells Moses, Moses, I will call out my name to you. I am Yahweh. I'm the existing one. And that's our prayer. And that's been my prayer here for the last few weeks. I pray that you've been longing for his presence, living in his presence, that the existing one has been present with you. That you have found truth in this, that living in his presence, you live in a better presence. I'm just paraphrasing our last message, that you would jump in the water and never come out. This last Wednesday, if you were here, we spoke on his presence. And we spoke that his presence restores us. Remember, his presence multiplies. It takes us from glory to glory. And number three, his presence equips us for work. And it was such a powerful time together. And today as we get into this message, jump in the water again, part two, it's another special message for me. That God is speaking clearly to me about his presence. And, and one of the reasons why it's been special is because as, as we've been on this topic for weeks, I've gotten phone calls and text messages, and there are two brothers in my life that God has put. One of them has, you've already been introduced to him. Maori was up here, and he was giving announcements, and he was wearing that black shirt. I was trying to figure out what the prints were on those shirts. I don't know if any of you caught it. But I was looking at him, and... And I said, I'm so grateful for him. And I actually called him yesterday to tell him how thankful I am for him in my life. And then I text Lou the other day as well. And that's Lou right here in the corner. He could wave at you guys. Lou just, there you go. And I told him I'm thankful also for you because these two guys throughout the week started to text me and pour into my life things that God has used me to pour into their lives. So as I started to pray and write God's word out and, and just start to put the points together, both of their conversations with me is pretty much what I'm preaching today. So if you don't like anything I have to say, you just go up to one of them. And you just say, you guys did a horrible job telling Pastor Eagle what you told them. But I'm forever grateful for their friendship, for boldness that they also get to speak into my life. For boldness that they also get to say, this is what God is showing me and I want to share it with you for you. 
And I've been blessed to have people like that in my life, and they've helped me with developing today's message. So as we get into this, I'm going to ask you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31. And as it comes out on the screen and as you open your Bible to it, Deuteronomy chapter 31, it's, it's, an, it's an important passage for many reasons. You need to remember the Lord and what the Lord does with Moses and what he reveals to Moses on Mount Sinai. He reveals to Moses that he is Yahweh, that he is the existing one. And here now is Moses at the end of his life pretty much. And as Moses is at the end of his life, he has some words to say. And as he has some words to say, he's got to say them to his successor, to a younger man named Joshua. And it makes sense that the one who has experienced and who has lived out this truth now pours out this word to a young Joshua, to his successor. If you were here a few weeks ago in To Jump in the Water, part one, you're going to remember and you're going to, re, you're going to, as I read this, you're going to say, wow, that sounds a lot like what God did with Moses. And now here is God doing it with Joshua. Similar words, similar things are being promised and said. Let's go ahead and read it and then we'll get into the word. It says this. In chapter 31, verse 1, it says, When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old. And I'm no longer able to lead you. But the Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River. But the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. And he will destroy the nations living there. And you will take possession of their land. And look what he says. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. Verse 4. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he has destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. And the Lord will hand over to you the people who live there and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. Six and eight are monumental. Here they are. Ready? Verse six. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God, look what he says, will personally Go ahead of you. Remember that? He told that to Moses. Moses now is speaking this, sharing this to the children of Israel, to young Joshua, the same thing that he encountered. This, you know, there's difference between getting advice from someone that just has not a knowledge, but then there's difference when you get advice from someone that has wisdom because they've experienced it. And here is, here is the man, and, and Moses is saying, this is what the Lord has said, strong and courageous, be strong. Don't be afraid, don't panic, the Lord will personally go with you. What is he saying? The Lord will exist there in the midst. He is the existing one. Same thing that was told to him years ago. He's the existing one. He will, he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Already God is already speaking to some of your hearts. Because there's someone here already that needs to be told this, to be strong and courageous and not afraid and not panicky. The Lord is with you personally. You have not just this God that reigns over all things, but you also have a God who personally reigns in your heart. That's powerful. That's why our, our faith is different. It's not a thing we bow to, put fruits to, things that we come every once in a while to worship. It is one who reigns deep within us. Amen? 
And Moses called for Joshua, verse 7, and all of Israel watched, and he said to them, here it is again, be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore, swore to their ancestors, and he would give them, and you are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. And look what he's telling Joshua personally now, ready? Verse 8, do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord will personally go with you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. How many of you just need to hear that today, man? <laughs> you know, I wonder why Moses spoke this into Joshua's life. He, he, here he is and he's speaking this. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Don't panic. He's with you. Why are you speaking this into my life? Young Joshua's probably like, what's, what's going on, brother? I know you're getting old. You're 120. Just right now, you know, you know how rude it is when we're greeting one another and you come up to say, my gosh, you're gray hairs. It's not rude. I like the gray hairs, actually, so don't worry about it. So here's Joshua. Like, I know you're 120. You're getting old. What's up with this speech? And I understand why Moses does this. Because Moses knew it. Listen, guys, Moses went through it. And now he's going to tell younger Joshua this, and he's telling Joshua something very important. Do not miss this and write this down in your notes. Ready? Don't mistake God's patience for his absence. Because, because sometimes, we're, we're, Joshua, you're going to take over land. Joshua, God is going to do great and mighty things. Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord will personally go with you. Though he will not fail you nor abandon you, he will not forsake you. And then you're like, young Joshua, right? You go and conquer lands and you go and do great things. And then you're like, wait, 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 where's God? And sometimes we think that the patience of God means that God is absent. You've ever had a moment like that where you just need God to show up and things don't show up the way you wanted them to show up and you automatically think that God is not present, but yet all he's doing is he's being patient. Why? Because he's actually the one that has knowledge in that situation. He's actually the one that has wisdom in that situation. He actually knows the future of that situation. So he doesn't step into things the way that man steps into them. So sometimes he's just patient with our present situation. It does not mean that he's absent from our present situation. Come on, someone. And that's why I think Moses was sharing that. Because young Joshua, you're young. I was once young like you. You know how many times I've heard that? I was once young like you. I was once young like you, Joshua. And in your youth, you need to remember this. You're going to lead a lot of people. You're going to conquer a lot of things. You're going to reign in a lot of areas. But there's going to be times where you're going to feel that God's not there. Because I know I'm talking to a group of people today. You serve God, you serve God, you serve God. You've been places, you've been there, you've been faithful. But I'm sure that there have been times in your life where you said, I just don't feel God in this place now. At some point or another in your life, I've been, but where's God? And I think that's the encouragement today that, that, that Moses was telling Joshua. You're going to have moments like that, Joshua. Moments in which you're going to be like, well, wh where are you now, God? And God's like... Don't confuse absence with patience. Because Lord knows Joshua that he's going to give you that land. He's going to defeat your enemies. And he's going to provide Joshua 
but not the way that you think he will or that you think he should. Anyone can relate to that? Or in your timing or in your own knowledge. It's his knowledge and his wisdom. It's his patience. So don't mistake his patience with his presence by being absent. His presence is constant. He will never what? Fail you nor abandon you. So learn to live in his presence even when he's being patient. So when you feel he's absent, he may just be showing you. Be patient. Be patient. Live in his presence, even when he's saying, be patient. But I want him now. Be patient. But I need you to heal. Be patient. But I need you to open that door. Be patient. Well, why are you telling me to be patient? Because am I God or am I not God? Live in presence. Be patient. He knows. He's wise. He understands. Joshua, church, new life. He knows. He understands. He's wise. So what? So what? So be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. Any panickers in here? I am Mr. Panic. I stop. My breathing gets heavy. Everything blacks out. I just need to lay in bed. I need to go in a cave. Anyone with me? I'm the only one. Huh? Five, seven. The number's growing as we're getting more honest. Oh, man, I panic. And, I, and I've mastered panic attacks, man. And here's the Lord reminding us, reminding me again. No, 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 no. I've noticed my, my deepest panics in life is because the reality is I'm just not trusting God in those areas. Sometimes I'm panicking while trying to take a step of faith. Lord, I'm going to be obedient to what you just told me to do. So I take a step of faith and what I'm doing, I'm panicking. And people are like, wow, good step of faith. If you only knew how I'm crying at night because I'm terrified. And God's just like, because you're not trusting me the way you should. Man, that's good, man. And, I, and I've realized that God is saying, be strong, be courageous. Don't be afraid. Rigo, do not panic. And then look what, look what he tells him. Ready? For the Lord your God will what? Personally go ahead of you. I love that he says personally will go ahead of you because that means that what? God already has it. Something's ever opened up for you. Like, how did that open up for you? And then you're like, because God went before you. And you're like, oh, that's right. He goes ahead of me. And he does things for me. And he opens and he closes things for me. And he neither fails me, neither he abandons me. He is, he is patient and his presence, even in his patience, is always constant. Can you say that to yourself in your heart? That, his, that in, his, in his patience, his presence is still always constant with me. Can you imagine Joshua for a moment? Let's stay on Joshua before we jump into the next two characters. Can you imagine, Joshua, the internal struggle within him? Guys, I'm, I'm not telling you like... Like, this is not serious. This is not like, hey, take a group of people to, like, I don't know, to a restaurant and be in charge of it and make sure everything gets done. Like, this is a serious situation here. You're leading a nation of people. Oh, let me tell you why this is important. Because this is God's people, by the way. So God is like, this is like a serious charge here for Joshua. Imagine the internal struggle with Joshua. 
nations he has to conquer, kings he needs to put down, people he needs to rule over, God's people he's got to lead. How can all this be possible, Joshua's probably thinking. How can all of this be achievable? And I believe that this church is learning something in the days that we're in. How many of you could agree with this? I think we're learning something here in New Life. And this is what I believe we're learning. I wrote this down. Ready? That when we enter his presence with praise, he enters our circumstance with power. And I believe that. I've been holding in and we've been, we've been like giving you little, like, like little stories about it. And soon we're going to start revealing things to you about very soon in the months to come how we're revamping and redoing and, and, and some awesome stuff that we believe God is leading us and directing us to go as a church. I mean, I believe that the future is amazing and some best days are ahead of this church. But you want to know why I really believe that the best days and the future of this church is ahead? Because I believe that as we and as the leaders, as we get into his presence, my gosh, his presence is going to be more powerful in our circumstance. So... As I share on two more characters in the Bible, I want to really encourage you this and ask you this question. What has conquered your life today? You heard me share this weeks ago as I, as I spoke on jump in the water. But as I continue, I want to ask you this question yet again. What has conquered your life? If you have been conquered by fear, I want to make war alongside you. And I want to encourage you instead. And I want you to be conquered instead of by fear, by presence. By presence, even in his patience. I want to get into two characters real quick so I could really draw this out for you. And the first one is found in Genesis chapter 3. If you have your Bibles, you could turn there as well. I'm going to read three verses only in Genesis 3, and then I'm going to go to the New Testament for a moment. But in Genesis 3, we are introduced here. We know about Adam, we know about Eve, we know their story, we know God's doing through them, we know about Eden. The creation of all things is there in these chapters. But something goes down right before verse 8. Adam and Eve had a little down, a big downfall. They were disobedient to the Lord. And as they had their, the sin there, the original sin there, this beginning of all sins here, their disobedience and eating from the fruit that God told them not to, we start to see that they start to recognize things. They're naked and they're hiding and they're making clothes out of fig leaves and, and, they're, and they're all terrified because, oh my gosh, God comes to visit us every day and when he comes back, he's going to recognize that we ate from the fruit and he's going to see the difference in us. And sin causes them to feel a certain way. You know, sin causes you to feel a certain way and to be a little distant. So in verse 8, we catch on with the story, and we see ourselves in chapter 3, verse 8, and it says that they heard the sound of the Lord of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Everyone say heard. Right, they heard God. God's coming. They hear him. He's walking our way. And Adam and his wife hid. Everyone say hid. Right. They heard God, and they hid from God. They hid themselves from the what, church? That's a big problem. Why would you hide from the presence of God? Jump in that thing. You just sinned. Like say, I showed up early, God. What are you doing here so early? Because I sinned and I need your presence now more than ever. But instead, they're so engulfed with sin that they're hiding from the presence of God rather than what? Running to the presence of God. Ever been there? Church, Sunday, I'm not going today. Why? Because you're filled with bitterness, let's say, or anger, or hurt, or just sin. I'm not going to church today. You know anyone like that? Why? Because that and this. and No, it's their sin. 
So you want to be separated from God's people, from the house of God, from the presence of God. So here's, here's Adam. He's like, I'm not going to church today. Why? Because I heard he's there and I'm hiding from his presence. So here's God coming. He hides themselves from the presence of the Lord. And it says, among the trees of the garden, they hid themselves. Verse 9, and the Lord called to Adam and said, where are you? We need to remember this, church. We need to remember this. Whenever God asks you a question, always remember that he already knows the answer to that question. <laughs> Where are you? We've, we've already taught on that, studied that. We know exactly what God meant by where are you. But verse 10 says, so he said, well, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. There's so many things wrong with this sentence. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Well, this is a first. Well, this has never happened before. Because, Adam, how many times have you heard my voice in the garden and you've never been afraid and you've always been naked and you never cared about putting on clothes and, and you've always presented yourself, you've never hid yourself. What's wrong with you? There's a big problem within this sentence. Now is when you noticed that you were bare. Now is when you noticed when I look at Adam's life, I recognize these, these three key things. He hears that the Lord is there. He's afraid, right? He's filled with this fear. So, and then he hides himself from the presence of the Lord. Here is Adam. Adam sinned. He separated himself from what used to be the highlight of his day. What was the highlight of his day? Walking through the garden in the presence of God. But now he's hiding from it. He's hiding from it. We used to make his day with his wife. Oh, I could preach just on that right there. We used to make your day. But, but used to be walking with God in the garden. We always talk about the good old days, you know, when God used to move in a powerful way. Oh, the good old days. When the presence of God used to fall. Those were the good old days. When we used to have church service and everyone was just in tears. Those were the good old days. And who said God has changed? Who said his presence is not yet more power? Who, what, what do you mean the good old days? How come we're not experiencing those good old days right now? I think it's because of this. I don't think God hides his presence from us. I think we hide from God's presence. God showed up like he always shows up. For example, today we had church. Some of you guys went into, the God's, went into God's presence. Yeah? Some of you guys decided to what? Nah, not today. I'm just going to be overwhelmed with everything else, but I'm not getting in today. What happened? God's presence was there. What was your presence? Adam, I've, I'm here. What's the question he asked Adam again? Where are you? See, the presence that was missing was not God's presence. The presence that was missing was Adam being in God's presence. Adam's presence. In the presence. Adam wasn't in the waters of God's presence. He was just like, I'm not jumping in today. The it's not my temperature. And I've been to church service like that at times. Today's not my temperature. I don't know. I like it a little bit warmer. And God's like, jump in. No. Jump in. I just got in a fight at home. And I, can just, I just really can't stand them today. Jump in. I can't. My, my job this week has been Hell. And I'm just not going into the water. I don't like the temperature today. Jump in. You know, I just can't stand the worship leader today. You know what he told me throughout the week? I sent him a text to tell him that I cared about him, and he forgot to text me back. 
I'm not going to. And now you want me to worship from your song? And God's like, I don't like the temperature today. And God's like, jump in. Just get into my presence. Because what's missing is not that God didn't show up. What's missing is we just stopped showing up. And when our sin and our hearts go undealt with, come on, I know there's someone in here that could relate to me. We start to hide from the Lord's presence. You've ever noticed when you start dealing with sin and you're starting to fall to sin and you're not dealing with that sin that you're falling to and you're starting to live now in that sin, you started to realize that you're not reading your word anymore, you're not really understanding the word anymore when you're reading it. Are you understanding the fact that you're not even praying as you used to and when you used to get into the presence of God, it doesn't move like the way you used to move? Because what? Because there's a, a, a double life here that's being lived, one before God and one with your sin. Have you noticed that? Is, am I the only one? And that's what's going on in this passage. Adam sins and separated Adam from the highlight of his day, and when that stuff goes undealt with, I'm telling you right now, man, we begin to hide from the Lord's presence, and we start to give excuses like, oh, my goodness, but I have. And God's like, since when do I care what you have on you? Because the way to strip away everything that is on you is by getting into my presence. Since when do you start to cover up things for your own shame when I've always been the one that covers up your shame for you? So now you're, now you're sowing fig leaves when my presence has always been the one that has covered you. Come on, I've been there. I've been there with my own strength trying to what? Cover up my shame. And God's like, really? With your strength, with your knowledge, with your wisdom? Come here, boy. Because you've always depended on my presence when you've been filled with sin and filled with shame. And now you're going to decide to walk away and hide from my presence? Man, that's me. I'm just talking to myself today. But I know that's me personally. I'm talking about myself today. And in Christ, our sin should not what? Should not separate us from the presence of God. Come on, church. In Christ, our sin, if there is, should what? Draw us deeper into the presence of God. That's why Paul says what? I boast in my weaknesses. You want to know why Paul boasted in his weaknesses? Because he knew that in his weaknesses, he needed to go deeper in his presence. I can't, I can't chance this weakness stuff. I can't chance this sin stuff. I got to get deeper in his presence. I don't trust my weakness. Paul, Paul's words are smart when it comes to that. So what was wrong with Adam? I'm going to tell you what was wrong with Adam. Guys, don't miss it. Adam was conquered by sin and fear. You could write that down. He was conquered by sin and fear. How many of you would agree? I heard you coming, so I hid myself from your presence. What's happening with Adam? He's conquered by fear. There was a time when Adam was not conquered by fear. Something else used to conquer Adam. But now, in this passage, he's conquered by fear. So what does he do? He hides. You ever hid from someone? Come on. I, maybe you've always been the bully, but has anyone ever bullied you when you were a child? I remember that. There were sometimes a skinny little guy used to bully someone, but then there was times when the other guy used to bully me. And what I used to do, whenever I saw the bully, I would go to the next hallway, make sure they don't see me. What am I doing? I'm hiding from that that is bullying me. And what is bullying Adam here? His fear. He's being conquered by fear. Let's go to John. Uh, we'll go to chapter 21. I'm actually just going to read one verse in John chapter 21. But before we read John chapter 21, the verse that I'm going to give you, it's very interesting because in chapter 18 of the book of John, I'm going to talk to you about Peter for a second, and then I'll go back to Joshua, Adam, and then Peter. Here we go. Peter, when Jesus was arrested, when Jesus was taken to the high priest, I don't know if you remember this story. And in John chapter 18, in the passages that follow, 
we see that Peter is at a low time in his life. And three times Peter denies Jesus. You've ever heard of that story? Three times he denies Jesus. Three times he rejects him. Three times he sins. Everything that Peter has learned, everything that Peter has ever experienced with Christ, and now he shames himself, he shames Christ. But then something happens very, very interesting. And I want you to go to John chapter 21. Here's Peter. He's sinned, he's rejected, he's denied Jesus three times. I mean, this is a man that lived in God's presence. As a matter of fact, this is a man that later on, we know that he is one that was known because he was in God's presence. He's lived with God. He's experienced things with Christ Jesus. And yet he denies him three times. In John 21 verse 7, they're, they're, they're out in the, in the waters and they're fishing. And, and the Lord appears to them on the shore of the water. And the Lord tells them, hey guys, um, have you ever tried doing it this way? Ah, we've been doing this all day. Just do it. They do it. They start catching fish. Everyone starts freaking out. And John, the beloved, looks to Peter. And that's what we catch on verse 7. They didn't recognize it was Jesus. They didn't understand that it was Jesus. He's a, he had already resurrected and he's appearing to them after his resurrection. And they didn't catch it. They couldn't recognize him. They didn't remember his voice. But there was one that did in verse 7. And it says, then the disciple that Jesus loved says to Peter, it's the Lord. <laughs> it's him. It's the Lord. Look at the next part of that verse. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes, he put on his tunic, and he what? He jumped in the water. And he headed to shore. I mean, I read this passage and I say, that's interesting because just moments ago, he denies Jesus. But right now, in John 21, verse 7, he's not denying him, but he's doing whatever he can to get to him. And if it takes jumping in the water to get to the presence of Christ, then jumping in the water is okay with me, Peter says, and he jumps in. He doesn't even have a conversation with his disciples. With his friends, hey, you guys think I should jump in? I don't know what do you think. You think we're deep enough water? You think there's any sharks around? You think that? He just jumps in the water and he starts paddling over to Jesus. Swimming over to Jesus. Here is Peter denies Jesus three times, but yet jumps in the water. I don't know if you're catching this yet. One heard, one was afraid, filled with fear, and he hid himself from the presence. Here's another one in the New Testament. The other one hears, and he what? He jumps in the water to get to his presence. Two different outcomes. One sins, hides. The other one sins, I'm running in. I'm going into presence. One heard fear, was conquered by fear. The other one heard saw, conquered by presence. I'm going in. When, when you see these two passages, we see that clearly, that one was conquered by sin and fear, and the other one was conquered by presence. And I don't know if you can relate today, and I'm going to get ready to end. And as I get ready to end, I don't know if you can relate to this right now, because maybe you're here, and maybe you're a Joshua, maybe you're an Adam, maybe you're like, I'm a Peter. But you might be one of these three people right here. Number one, Joshua. He's called to do something great. He's called to do something. 
And yet reminded that while he does what he's called to do, remember that his presence is always constant. Then you have Adam. Maybe you're like Adam. Maybe you are Joshua. You're called. Maybe God is calling you to something new in your life. Maybe God is calling you to make a decision in life. Maybe God is telling you, I don't know what, take this as God has given it to you. But maybe God is saying, hey, as I've called you, remember that my presence is constant with you, so stop fearing. There might be someone in here that is fearing, that is so, that their mind is so wrapped in something. And God's like, I'm here, and I'm here constantly with you. So go ahead, take the next step, Joshua. Number two, Peter, or Adam, let's go in order. Maybe you're Adam. Well, I feel like a failure. And maybe you feel you're too deep, so you've hid yourself from his presence. Well, I'm filled with shame, and I feel like I'm too deep, or I feel like I'm a failure. And God's like, no. Where are you? Where are you? While already knowing the answer. And then maybe you feel like you're Peter. You've also failed. But listen to this. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying, but I'm not defined by that failure. And you're here today and you're like, I know what I need to do. I failed too. But I know that I'm desperate for his presence right now as you're talking. Is that you? Desperate for his presence? Hiding from his presence? Or just have to be reminded that his presence is constant with you? All three of these guys, I know one of them chose this one. But they could have all been conquered by fear. But I do pray that the Lord is speaking to you. And that you will be conquered by his presence. I end with this last passage. Maybe. And it's in Matthew 14. Matthew 14. I'm going to go back to Peter for a moment. As I get ready to close. Peter just jumped in the water. Peter did whatever he can to get into the presence of God. But I want to remind you of a story of Peter. And again... A lot of this message is conversation with some of the brothers here and the Lord just stirred it all in my heart. But I want you to read with me, follow along with me. I'm just going to read right through. Verse 25 through 31 says this. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once and he said, don't be afraid, take courage, I am here. And Peter called to the Lord and says, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on water. And Jesus says what? Yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on water toward Jesus. Peter was always about presence, conquered by presence. But when he saw the strong wind and waves... When he saw the circumstances that he was currently in, he began to be terrified and he began to sink. Can you imagine walking on water and then being traumatized by the winds that are attacking you while you walk? What winds? I'm walking on water. Y'all winds better obey this stuff. Look how crazy and carnal and how fleshly we are. We forget that we're walking on water as soon as the winds come and the waves come. Peter, you're walking on water. Who cares about the winds and the waves? Keep walking, baby. That's like us, man. That's like me and you, right? So he began to scream to the Lord as he was sinking, Save me, Lord! And Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him and says, You have such little faith. Why do you doubt me? 
Here are the disciples. They're in unknown waters. They see Jesus. They're before his presence. And they are fearing. And I know it's similar in my life. I know it's similar in your life that we see Jesus. It's uncertain. He's doing something. He's there. He's present. I just don't see clearly, but I know it's him. And yet, are you scared? We feel scared. We're filled with fear. I'm going to tell you when we have those moments, we're being conquered by fear rather than him being present in his presence. And I love what Peter does. Peter instead says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on this water. Did everyone catch that? I want to walk on water. Tell me to go if it's you. She's like, come on. And he starts walking on water. Did you notice that? But then we read another passage earlier. Jesus is there again. Because his presence is there. And he's like, it's me again. And look how different Peter is now. Now Jesus is resurrected. Here's Peter. Here are the disciples. They know him more fully. They recognize him. And Peter does not ask, Lord, if it's you, tell me to go to you. Peter doesn't doubt. The second time around, I don't know if you caught this, he sees Jesus standing at the shore, and immediately Peter dives into the water. Did you catch that? Didn't ask a question. John's like, it's the Lord. Peter's like, what? I'm going in. Not Lord. We're a little confused on the boat. Seven of us say it's not you. The rest say it's you. Who is it? He doesn't do that. Doesn't do it. Lord, if it's you, I got one foot in the water already. Come on, because I've lived life like that, man. Lord, if you're really calling me to do this, while I'm holding on to this, come on. Tell me. I got one foot in the water, Lord, so if it's you, tell me it's you. He's not rocked by fear anymore. The second time around, he knows the presence of Christ is there. He doesn't doubt. He doesn't ask, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. He sees him at the shore. Immediately he dives to the water. No questions, no fear, no doubts. Peter is finally growing up. Forget that, man. Peter is finally being conquered by presence. Lou texts me with this. And I'm just going to share it. Sharing it the way he shared it with me. Here it is. Guys, he may not have walked on water the second time. But the greater miracle wasn't walking on water the second time. The greater miracle, the greater miracle, here it is, guys, was the miracle that happened in his heart. I'm going in. The first time he walked on water, but did you notice? He took his eyes off Jesus. Doubt, fear crept in. He sank, got distracted by the reality of his surroundings, focusing on the circumstances that destroyed and diminished his faith. And that's why I said what I said earlier. When we enter his presence with praise, he will enter our circumstance with power. And the second time Peter jumps in, he didn't walk on water, but I'll tell you what he did do. Come here. He kept his eyes on Jesus. What good is it walking on water yet taking off your eyes on Jesus? The second time he jumps in the water, swims to him, and he never takes his eyes off Jesus. You want to know why? The miracle was not on the walking on the water. The miracle on the second one was he kept his eyes on Christ. He was conquered by presence. If that's you, no questions asked. I'm going into the waters. I'm getting to your presence. 
I'd rather not walk on water if it means to keep our eyes on him. So come on, man. We could just forget walking on water. And today just change it all up and say it's about jumping in the water. There's a passage that Jesus reads. And he opens up the book and he's reading from a prophecy of him, from the prophet Isaiah. And he says this in front of the religious leaders. Look what he says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty to those who are oppressed. The Spirit of the Lord, the presence has overcome to me. The presence has conquered me. And through the presence, I now have the power to do this. As you stand up, as you're reverent to the Lord, and as we get ready to close off, listen to what I'm about to tell you after reading the Lord's words here in Luke 4, as he quotes Isaiah 60. Listen to this. Walking on water, walking through fire, healing the sick, calling rain down from heaven, raising the dead. These are not just things that Jesus did, but these are things that his followers did. So I could grab the words of Jesus and say, man, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The the presence of God has conquered me and he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me with the power of Christ to break and heal broken hearts and liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who were oppressed. There are many others who, yes, the same thing called fire from heaven, walked on water, healed the sick, called rain from heaven, raised up the dead. And if the presence of God was powerful and alive in them, man, it could be present and alive and powerful in me. I'm going to jump in the water and I'm going to be conquered by His presence. I'm going in, Lord. I'm getting to your presence. That's it. As we close off in worship, I'm going to ask you to open up your heart. And as we sing this song, you know who you are. You know what you're going through. You know decisions that are being made or have been made. You know what's going on internally, young Joshua. You know what's happening to you. You know where God is taking you, leading you out of, leading you to. Wherever you're at in life, however old you are, whatever's going on. Man, I hope you heard the Lord's voice. Be conquered by my presence. Jump in the water rather than hiding from my presence. Let the greatest miracle, the miracle of the heart take place right now. Let the Lord begin to transform you right now. Lord, I'm not asking you to let me walk on water. Lord, I'm begging you, let me be conquered by your presence. And like Peter, I'm jumping in to get to your presence. Whatever it takes, no longer am I hiding from you. But I'm showing up as well because I know that you are constant. And I might not always see it. And I might not always recognize it. And there are times when I 
confused, your patience for your absence, and, and I'm recognizing that you are always there, and you're calling me not to panic, not to be afraid. Do not fear, for my God does not abandon me, does not forsake me. You are forever present. You are more constant than ever in my life. I go in the waters. I don't care about the temperature anymore. I don't care what happened last night, what happened yesterday, what is happening right now, what might happen later on, that we may be a people of presence the rest of our lives. So as we worship today, open up your heart as we sing this song one time. If you want to come up, man, and you just need prayer or you just want to get on your knees separated from all things, yeah, and you're more than welcome. You may come up here, it's open, and get on your knees and cry out. Some of us will pray for you. But right there where you're standing, just begin to open up your hearts. If you want to lift up your hands and your arms, go ahead and do that. But begin to glorify Him. Begin to praise Him. And say, Lord, let me be conquered by presence. Rather than sin, rather than fear, conquered by You. So church, let's worship Him.